Before tonight's episode, I want to let you know about our supporters feed, Get Sleepy Premium, the best way to experience the show and get a good night's sleep. With Get Sleepy Premium, everything is ad-free. You'll receive a bonus episode every week and have full access to our entire back catalogue. Your support really helps and means so much to us. Simply tap the link in the show notes to learn more. Now, a quick word from our sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you two free episodes each week. Do you have a baby that won't fall asleep? A noisy neighbor you need to block out? Or maybe you're looking for relaxing music, nature sounds, and atmospheres to work, relax, or study to? If so, the Deep Sleep Sounds app is for you. It has a huge library of sounds from nature and daily life, ASMR triggers, plus ambient sounds and music. You can even combine sounds to create your own unique mix and use them as a background soundscape for your favorite get sleepy stories. Through our partnership with Deep Sleep Sounds, you can get a 30-day free trial by going to deepsleepsounds.com slash get sleepy. That's deepsleepsounds.com slash get sleepy. Or just follow the link in the show notes for a 30-day free trial of the Deep Sleep Sounds app. Good evening and welcome to Get Sleepy, the podcast where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Thomas, and I'm your host. Thanks so much for being here. It seems that for as long as we can remember, humans have always wondered about our distant neighbors. The stars have inspired countless myths and tales from all cultures across the world. Tonight, Abby will guide us as we gaze up at the stars and learn some of these mythical stories. This is a follow-up to Abby's prior episode, entitled Mythology of the Moon. So if you enjoy this one, be sure to go back and check out that episode whenever you'd like. Now, make yourself nice and comfortable Take a deep breath in, feeling your stomach and chest rise, and then gently let it out, feeling your body sink back down and relax. As you continue to breathe at a relaxed pace, close your eyes, let your body melt into your bed, and imagine that you're staring up at a beautiful night sky. It's a clear night, and all the stars are out. You can see countless twinkling lights spread across the sky, like dots of silver paint on a canvas. 
gazing at these radiant, glowing lights, you feel a sense of deep peace and well-being. It's as though they are watching over you, keeping you company as you fall asleep. You try to count them, focusing on one star, then another and another, but there are just too many and you soon lose count. Instead, you decide to simply watch the stars filled with wonder until you fall into a peaceful sleep. And this is where our story begins. When you open your eyes, you find yourself in a dimly lit room with six walls, shaped like a hexagon. At first, it seems there's no ceiling. Looking up, all you can see is the starry sky right above you. But when you look a little closer, you realize that the dome-shaped ceiling is made of glass. The room is a small, private observatory. It was built for an astronomer to study the stars and planets, but it also seems to have been designed with relaxation in mind. The lighting is soft, and at the side of the room there's a long black sofa with plush cushions. In the centre of the observatory is a beautiful silver telescope which looks heavy and expensive. The long, thick tube is pointing towards the glass ceiling. If you looked through the eyepiece of the telescope, you'd probably be able to see the moon and stars in amazing clarity. You're tempted to look, but this telescope is so perfectly crafted that you're almost reluctant to touch it. It's like a work of art. Maybe you'll have a look later to see if you can spot any faraway planets or distant stars. Apart from the telescope and the sofa, there's not much else in the room. Glancing around, you notice a desk with some books and a side table with a lamp which is switched off. Although there are only a few dim lights on the walls, the night sky illuminates the room. There's a full moon tonight, and the silver moonbeams cast a dreamy glow over the furniture. The desk seems to shine with a light of its own. You move towards the desk, which is covered with piles of books and sheets of paper. 
The papers include detailed notes, calculations, and complex diagrams. Many of the books look technical, with titles like A Guide to Theoretical Astrophysics. Others are about cosmology, solar rays, and gravitational waves. You're curious about these books, but you're also feeling relaxed and sleepy. You'd prefer to read something lighter. A story, perhaps. Then you spot another book with a shorter, simpler title. On its spine, engraved in glittering golden letters, are two words. Star Law. You pick up this book and then move towards the sofa. As you recline, you notice that the sofa is the perfect length, as if it was custom made just for you. Your body sinks into the soft cushions, which feel just like a luxurious mattress. There's a small bronze lamp on the side table next to the sofa. When you switch it on with a melodic click, you notice the sleek beauty of its design. The graceful form of the body of the lamp is slightly futuristic, and yet somehow it also looks like it could be an antique. The vintage light bulb has a complex web of bright golden filaments. It emits a warm glow making the room feel cosier. Now that you're settled comfortably on the sofa, with your head resting on a soft cushion, you're tempted to stargaze a little longer. Or you might even fall asleep right here. But you can feel the weight of the book in your lap, and you're curious to see what's inside. Turning to the introduction, you read a few pages about the history of Star Law. According to this book, our fascination with the stars can be traced right back to the very beginning of humanity. Prehistoric art suggests that 40,000 years ago, early humans kept records of the movements of the stars. People interpreted the shapes of the constellations as animals and drew these patterns on the walls of their caves. They also made carvings that represented comet strikes and other astronomical events. Many stories about the stars are now lost in the mists of time. But there are records of other myths and folktales dating back thousands of years from all parts of the world. In these tales, stars often play a part in creation myths or represent the gods themselves. They're symbols of divine guidance or sacred protection. Sometimes, they're emblems of enlightenment and they can also symbolize hope, faith, fortune, wishes, and dreams. 
But despite this rich variety of meaning, there's also something universal about the symbolism of the stars. Across the world, stars have always been a positive symbol. Their beauty and radiance are visible from Earth, yet they're also remote and mysterious. Perhaps this is why people view stars in a hopeful, optimistic light. They represent infinite possibility, like a canvas for all of our hopes and dreams. After reading the introduction, you flick through the pages of the book, wondering where to start. The pages feel thick and crisp between your fingers, and the paper is a beautiful cream colour. The book looks old, but somehow it also feels brand new. Although it must have been printed many years ago, perhaps you're the very first person to read it. Everything about this peaceful place feels so special. It's as though the observatory has been waiting for you. You let out a sigh of contentment and allow yourself to sink even deeper into the sofa as if you're settling into bed. When you start to feel really sleepy, you'll put the book to one side and let yourself drift off. But for now, you'll keep reading to learn about star law around the world. The book has many chapters, each focused on a different country. The chapters are arranged in alphabetical order from Albania to Zimbabwe. They're interspersed with beautiful artwork depicting stars and constellations. On one page, there are reproductions of ancient cave paintings. On another, you find some intricate Islamic art depicting geometric star patterns. Then, there's Vincent van Gogh's masterpiece, Starry Night, with a deep blue sky that seems to flow like the waves of the ocean. He closed the book and then let it fall open at a random page. When you begin to read again, you discover that this chapter is about South Africa, which has a rich tradition of star law. There are many different beliefs about the sun, moon, and stars originating from a variety of communities. For some, the sky was a rocky vault and stars were holes. But for others, the stars were alive. They might be people, little porcupines, or even insects. For some traditional South African societies, the Milky Way was a particular source of fascination. Many people believed this hazy expanse of stars was a path 
where ancestral spirits wandered. The Milky Way was also given names like the spine of the sky and the backbone of the night. When people looked up at the stars, they believed they were looking at a structure, something that held the whole world together. One of the most famous stories comes from part of the sand community in South Africa. In traditional star lore, the Milky Way was created by a young girl. One dark night long ago, a girl was dancing around a fire. On a whim, she picked up some glowing embers. Then she flung the ashes into the sky where they formed a shining band of stars. This iridescent path remained in the night sky forever. It provided light for travelers so they could find their way home in the dark. As you come to the end of the page, you close your eyes for a moment and linger on this image. You can picture the hazy light of the Milky Way, a galaxy of seemingly infinite stars. Then you remember that you don't need to use your imagination. The stars are right above you. Opening your eyes, you can see a multitude of silver lights scattered across the darkness like grains of sand. In this moment, it's still too early to see the Milky Way clearly, but hopefully you'll get a good view later. As you gaze up through the glass ceiling, you reflect that the observatory is a little like a theatre. You're waiting for the show to begin. While you wait, you continue to slowly turn the pages of the book until an image catches your attention. It's a beautiful painting of a white horse with wings, a pegasus. This mythological creature is soaring through the clouds, surrounded by tiny golden stars. When you lift the page closer to the light, you see that the stars are actually gilded, shining in the lamplight. The image of the Pegasus is part of the chapter on the star law of ancient Greece. For the Greeks, the stars held deep significance. They believed that the gods had created the constellations, placing the stars in the sky as a lesson or reminder for mortals on Earth. The Pegasus is one example. The winged horse once belonged to a Greek hero who tried to fly to Mount Olympus the home of the gods. Zeus, the god of the sky, decided to keep Pegasus for himself. 
He even used the horse to carry his thunderbolts across the sky. Eventually, after many years of faithful service, Zeus transformed Pegasus into a collection of shining stars. The horse can still be seen in the northern sky today as one of the largest and brightest constellations. There are so many Greek myths about the stars. The hunter Orion and his faithful dogs also became immortalized as constellations. Turning the page, you come across a picture of another, smaller constellation. Below is an image of a lyre, a stringed instrument resembling a small harp. The constellation Lyra represents the golden lyre of Orpheus. This legendary poet learned how to play the instrument from Apollo, the god of music. Orpheus traveled widely, enchanting everyone he met with his beautiful music. To ensure that Orpheus's talent was remembered, some goddesses carried his lyre up to heaven. Here it was placed among the stars to shine brightly for eternity. Then there's Leo the lion and all the other signs of the zodiac, as well as mythological heroes, creatures, ships. The list goes on and on. As you turn the pages, you start to feel sleepy. The words and names blur into each other until they no longer make sense. You close your eyes and rest for a moment. It's as if your head is dancing with images, filled with stars. And when you open your eyes and look up again, there they are, above you, even more than before. As the number of stars increases, it feels as if the sky itself is getting bigger. There's something so calming about this view, and the sense of infinite space and possibility. You become aware of your slow, steady breathing in and out. Apart from your quiet breaths, the room is silent. In the hushed, peaceful atmosphere of the observatory, it would be so easy to fall asleep. But for now, you continue to read. You skim over a few more stories about the Greeks until you reach the conclusion. At the end of the chapter, 
The author says that ancient Greek star lore remains with us today. Many of the signs of the zodiac, such as Aquarius and Taurus, are associated with Greek myths. And many of the major constellations have mythical links too. As well as Orion the Hunter, there are the two bears, Ursa Major and Minor, and many others. And yet the beauty of the stars is that they are visible in every part of the world, and so there are many different interpretations. The constellation of Ursa Major resembled a bear for the ancient Greeks and Romans, as well as many Native Americans. But other cultures have seen a ship, a wagon, or even a prawn. There might almost be as many different stories as there are stars in the sky. As you read, you can feel yourself getting sleepy. You decide you'll just read one more story before you close your eyes and rest. You run your fingers lightly over the edges of the paper and then flick backwards through the pages until an image catches your attention. It's a watercolour painting of a nighttime scene. A couple embrace on a bridge, their dark silhouettes contrasting with the silvery light of the full moon behind them. The moon is vast and almost takes up the entire page. All around are hundreds of glittering stars. There are even some stars beneath the bridge, and at first you think it must be a reflection. Perhaps the bridge crosses a river which reflects the starry sky. But when you look closer, you realise that there's no water beneath the bridge. Instead, there are translucent, lavender-coloured clouds. The bridge is in the sky. You want to know more about this magical painting, so you turn a few pages back to the beginning of the chapter. Here, printed in full, is one version of a famous Chinese folktale. It's called The Cowherd and the Weaver Girl, and it's the origin of a summer festival. Your eyelids are growing heavy, but you're curious about this story. So you stifle a yawn and begin to read. Once upon a time, in the heart of the countryside in China, lived a young cowherd. 
One night, he was asleep in bed, when he was gradually awoken by strange sounds coming from outside. As he woke up, he realized what they were. The sounds of laughter, voices, and splashing water. When he went to the window, he was amazed by what he saw. Swimming in the lake next to his home were seven beautiful women. Each woman seemed to radiate a magical, silvery light. This could only mean one thing. They were goddesses. The cowherd quickly got up and went outside to meet the women. He discovered that they were sisters who lived in the heavens. They explained that they were here on a secret trip without permission from the Empress of Heaven. The seven goddesses were having fun on earth, skipping through the fields and floating in the cool water of the lake. This land was so different from anything in the heavens, and they wanted to keep exploring until sunrise. At first, the cow herd was sure he must be dreaming. But once he was convinced that the goddesses were real, he agreed to be their guide for the rest of the night. He showed them around the nearby woods and fields and told them all about life on earth. The goddesses wanted to know everything, even the ordinary details of his work in the fields seemed to fascinate them. By the end of the night, after hours of conversation, the cowherd had fallen in love with one of the goddesses. The fourth sister was particularly graceful and intelligent. She also had a passion for weaving. But instead of making clothes, she created clouds using her golden loom in the heavens. At dawn, the other goddesses returned to their home in the heavens, but the weaver goddess decided to stay with the cowherd. She had also fallen in love, and she wanted to live with him in the countryside. She already felt truly at home. The cowherd and the goddess spent many happy years together and had two children. But eventually, the goddess knew that she would have to return to the heavens to carry out her divine duties for the Empress. Her sisters were waiting for her to come back, and her golden loom was gathering dust. Without the goddess to weave the clouds, the sky would eventually become empty. And without clouds, 
there would be no rain. Once their children had grown up, the goddess kissed the cowherd goodbye. At last, it was time for her to take her place in the heavens once more, alongside her sisters. But this was not the end. The goddess reassured the cowherd that they would still be able to see each other in the stars. Before leaving, she cast a spell over an ox, which gave it the power of flight. This way, the cowherd could ride his ox into the stars and visit her whenever he wanted. Although the goddess seemed happy to be back at work, weaving clouds on her loom, the Empress of Heaven was worried that she might change her mind. If the visits from the cowherd became regular, perhaps the goddess would decide to return to Earth. The Empress couldn't prevent the goddess from leaving but she could make it more difficult for the cowherd to reach the heavens. One night, while everyone was asleep, the Empress took her hairpin and made a deep scratch in the sky. This scratch became the Milky Way, a vast river of stars dividing the heavens. When the goddess awoke and discovered what the empress had done, she begged her for help. With such a huge, deep river between the goddess and her beloved cowherd, it would be almost impossible to meet. The Empress relented. Once a year, on the seventh day of the seventh lunar month, the goddess and the cowherd would be allowed to see each other again. And so, every summer, the couple was reunited in the heavens. A huge flock of magpies flew into the sky and formed a celestial bridge, allowing the lovers to embrace once more. On the seventh day of the seventh month, the goddess and the cowherd are still visible in the sky. They were transformed into two bright stars, Vega and Altaya. As you read the final words of the story, you become aware of the painting on the opposite page. It's the picture you saw before. Once again, you admire the colours and details, from the purple shading of the clouds the patterns of stars 
They look as though they're really glowing, shining on the page. And when you look at the bridge again, holding the page up to the light, you notice something else. It's not an ordinary bridge, as you'd first thought. Looking closely, you can see that it's made up of hundreds of black birds. These are the magpies, sent by the Empress to bring the lovers together once more. Now that you know the story behind the painting, it seems even more beautiful. After finishing this tale, you feel ready to close the book and return to it another time. You gently place the book on the nearby table, then turn off the lamp and settle down on the sofa, making yourself comfortable. All you want to do is sleep, but you'll have one last look at the stars above you to see if you notice anything different. While you were reading, the sky was slowly transforming. There are even more stars than before. There must be thousands Millions, billions, and those are just the ones you can see. They spread out endlessly through infinite galaxies. Right above you, the Milky Way is now clearly visible. It's a gorgeous, cloudy band of stars stretching right across the sky. As you marvel at the beauty of the galaxy, you can understand the origins of the folktale. It's no wonder that someone once gazed at the stars and dreamed up this story. Inspired by the stars, they told a tale of goddesses, the celestial river, and eternal love. For a moment, you try to identify individual stars and constellations, but they seem to blur into each other. And in your sleepy state, they all look equally bright, equally beautiful. You smile and close your eyes. You feel ready to sleep now, to drift off into dreams of starlight.